0: but we talked about heal and wait. How many enjoy waiting? I imagine Ezra and Cheyenne are having a fun time waiting right now on this baby. Terrible thing to do. Well, actually, it's not terrible. It just can be frustrating. Remember, watch my words there. <laughs> but I want to talk today about the word seek. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Listen to this scripture. He says, but seek first. Now, when does he say seek? First, right? That means not, not later on. That doesn't mean down the road when nothing else has worked. That means do it in the beginning. How many knows that if you do it the right way the first time, it saves you a lot of heartache and trouble down the road, amen? It saves you a lot of heartache and trouble, Every time, every time I do something wrong in my life, my wife says, if you would have done it the way that I said to do it, we wouldn't be here. And under my breath, I mutter, you're right, but I don't dare say more than that. <laughs> but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Amen. So brothers and sisters, this is what I want to talk about today. We need a change in our thinking. We need a change in our thinking because for too long in the church, we have come in with the attitude, God, be thankful that I am actually coming to church. God, be blessed that I am actually here, and because I'm here, I need you to do some things for me. I need you to do this or that. We come to God like he's an ATM machine. Amen? You ever been to an ATM machine? If you forget your PIN number, you forget whatever, or you go to the ATM machine and you draw some money out and there's nothing there, and that can be frustrating, right? And we can get frustrated with God because God's not moving the way we want Him to move. But we got to have a change in our thinking that we're not here for the sole purpose of being blessed by God. We are here to seek the Lord in our lives, amen? We are here to seek the Lord. We're here to hear what God is saying to us. We are here to know what God wants to do in our lives. And when we do those things, when we do those things, if you read the prior scriptures, he talked about, he says, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to do. Don't worry about where your food's going to come from, your supplies, your clothes are going to come from. But seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Amen? But Pastor... You don't understand gas has gone up almost triple since January of 2020. Now, I'm not saying these things to be political. I'm just giving you a fact, okay? Gas has gone up. I don't even like to drive anywhere anymore. You know that? I, I don't even want to go anywhere. If my wife says go to the grocery store and get something, I'm like, what else can I get to make as few trips as possible? I even talked about walking to the grocery store, and then I got wise and didn't want to do that. It's gotten expensive just to have electricity. It's gotten, man, fuel costs have just gone out of the world, haven't they? But I'm going to tell you in these days where it can be financially challenging, in these days where finances can worry us, in these days when all these things worry us about what's going on in our country, what's going on in our city, what's going on in our home, I will tell you, seek first, the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Amen? You've got to seek the righteousness of God. Praise God. I want you to know that it's not simply just mentioning His name. Now, Here's where we get into trouble because all these times we've come to church and someone will get up and say, all we got to do is there's two or three of us here and we mention his name, he's going to show up. Listen, there's truth to that, but there's also a little bit extra. We've got to be like-minded, amen? We've got to understand that we're here because of him. Too many churches get together, and they're a social club. They want to get together because of friends, or they want to get together because of this, and they're already thinking about where they're going out to eat afterwards. That is not the reason to be in church. If we're here for that reason, I can assure you, the Spirit of God is not here. The Spirit of God comes in when we raise our hands and we worship, when we give God glory. Amen? The Spirit of God comes in when we give Him worship, amen? It is not simply that two or three are gathered. They have to be gathered in His name, amen? They have to be gathered in His name. We have to come in, not saying, Pastor, what can you do for me? But, Pastor, what can I do for the Lord, amen? Amen. Come on now. We have got to get past this mentality. The church is about me. I love it when somebody comes to me and says, well, I don't like the way that things are going in this church. My response is, I, did, I thought, I mean, I didn't know it was about you. Okay. You know, it's about him. Amen. It's about him. It's about him all day long. I don't like what songs you were singing. But don't worry, we weren't praising you. Okay. It'll be all right. Listen, I'm not saying we shouldn't see sing things that are wrong. We need to mix in some old things sometimes. I don't know about you, but I enjoy the hymns sometimes, don't you? I enjoy the hymns. There's nothing wrong with it. I was at a church one time. It was a large church, and a missionary came in, and she started singing a hymn, and nobody knew the song but me because I was raised on that. We need to have our young people knowing the hymns. There's nothing wrong with that. But we can't come here with the mindset that church is as always as it should be or as it was sometimes. Sometimes church changes with the times, but God never changes, does it? Amen? We have to come in and worship Him. Amen? We have to come in and give Him glory. If we're not here to find out more about Him, then why are we here? Can I say that again with some love? If we're not here to learn more about Him, then why are we here? Coming here is voluntary. There's no one forcing you to come. Now, I may guilt you into coming sometimes. (laughs) Like, I didn't see you. (laughs) I've done that to some people. Okay, pastor, I'll come. But listen, that's not the reason why we should be here. We should be here so that God can speak into your heart. Amen? We've got to have this change of mentality. And when you allow God to speak into your heart, let me, let me give you a little secret here. You will find him, amen? amen? You will find him. He will come to you. There's got to come a time that we seek his face. And I feel like that we're at a time in church history that churches have forgotten how to do that. People think that just because the pastor has a large church that somehow they're more anointed than anybody else. And I can tell you, that's not necessarily true. It's not about the anointing of the pastor. It's about the power and presence of God. Amen? It's about the power and presence of God. Listen, if if you were coming to hear me as an orator, as someone who speaks then you are here for the wrong reasons. Now I'm not saying that anybody is and I'm not trying to puff myself up because sometimes people go because of the pastor. That is the wrong reason to go. We go to hear from the Lord, Amen. We go to hear from the Lord. And when we seek the Lord, he will be fine for us. But as I said, I just feel like in my heart that most churches have forgotten that. Or maybe we go because of the music. Or maybe we go because of our friends. Psalms 14.2 says this, and this was written a long time ago, but it still rings true today. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there's any who understand, who seek God. See, God's looking down on us right now, and he's wondering, who are my children who are seeking me? It's not enough to come to church, amen? Now, listen, I appreciate you being here. So don't think that I'm, I'm, I'm preaching against you coming to church. We're going to talk more about that in a second. No, but what I mean by this is, is the Lord is looking down and says, who is seeking after me? Who wants more of me? As a matter of fact, there's got to be a passion, Amen there's got to be a passion. There's got to be a desire. There's got to be, there's got to be something in your heart that drives you to God. See, I've been in churches where it was so boring I fell asleep because there was nothing going on. And our church shouldn't be that way, Amen. Our church should be exciting. Our church should be full of life, amen? Because you know why? The Spirit of God lives here, amen? The Spirit of God is here. If you say amen, I'm not going to shut you down. If you say hallelujah, I'm not going to shut you down. Because we need to worship the God, amen? The God of all heavens, the God of all hosts. We need to praise God this morning. But there's got to be a passion There's got to be a desire. Psalms 42.1 says, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for thee. Oh man, isn't that a beautiful imagery? Isn't that beautiful imagery? Isn't that beautiful imagery? And so that is with me. As the deer pants for the water. I mean, I just have a desire in me this morning. I want God in my life this morning. I want God in my soul. I want God in my family. I want God in this church. Amen. Sometimes we have our passions misplaced. We're going to talk about that more in a second. We, we have passion about the wrong thing. It's okay to be passionate about some things, but when that passion is bigger than your passion for God, then it becomes an idol. I'm going to say that one more time because I, I want to make sure you heard me. When your passion, let's say a sports team, let's say things in your life, maybe even our children, when that becomes more important than your passion for God, then you have an idol that you have to deal with. Amen? You have an idol that you have to deal with. Because nothing... Like we sung this morning, and I didn't tell my daughter to do that song. Nothing else matters, brothers and sisters. Nothing matters but God. Amen? Nothing matters. Sometimes we lose our passion because we get weary and tired. Don't we? We get tired. We work jobs, or we have lives, and just get tired. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord. So when you get tired, when you get tired, I want you to know that you can rest in Him. Amen? When you get tired, you know that you can rest in Him. But I want to I tell you something. I know you're tired right now because I can feel it. But can I tell you, there's coming a time where we're going to enter into our rest. We're going to enter into our rest. Amen. Listen. Don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. Don't take offense to what I'm about to say. But I am so, I'm somewhat jealous of Gloria. Because right now, she has entered into her rest. Amen. She's up there with Jesus. She's up there seeing relatives that she hasn't seen in a long time. And don't get offended about what I said. I'm, I'm just trying to be real with you because she has entered into her rest. And so I know there's sometimes I'm tired. There's sometimes I want to give up. But I know that if I continue to seek the Lord, I'm going to come. The Lord's going to come to me one day and say, Oh, Keith it's, okay, Keith, it's time for you to come on. I'm ready for you. I'm ready. And you know, I, I don't have any qualms about dying because I know where I'm going. Amen. I know where I'm going. Amen. And people say, they say, Well, won't you miss your family? Well, I'll be in with Jesus, and they're supposed to come up there with me later on, so no. Amen. They're gonna suppose they better come up with me. I'll come down and whip them. (laughs) Listen, I expect them to be, I told them, I said, Listen, you have no choice in the matter. You either go to heaven or you will get a visit from me, and it will not be pleasant. That's not really what happens, but I'm just trying to give you an example, okay? But listen, we are ready to enter into our rest, so don't worry about getting tired, amen? Don't get weary in your well-doing, but understand that there is coming a time when we're going to be in His presence. Give the Lord glory, amen? amen? Hallelujah, hallelujah. So how, how do you seek the Lord? How do you seek the Lord? Well, first, the first thing you do is you look for him where he is. Anybody remember the game hide and seek growing up? I was the worst hide and seek player ever. You know why? Because I always went to the same place. I would hide. See, I'm, kind, I'm somewhat claustrophobic, so I didn't like crawling in those small spaces that everybody else does. I would like to be in the open room like this. Hide, Keith. I am hiding. (laughs) But you're in an open room. Yeah, that's about as hiding as I'm going to get. Because I don't like, I just don't like small places. That's just the way I've always been. But people would always know where I was at because they knew where I would be. Amen? We have to go where his presence is. We have to go where his presence is. Now, people automatically say, especially during this pandemic, well, I'm just going to stay home and worship God. I'm just going to stay home and worship God. I got my pastor pillow here and my sister sheets. I'm going to worship between them. (laughs) And every time during the pastor messages, I'm going to flip over to the Seahawks right quick, make sure they're doing okay, pray for them right quick, pray for the mariners. Just like my braves, the prayers for the Mariners didn't do as well. The thing is, is God in your home? Well, sure. If your home is a Christian home. But can I tell you that God's presence, God's presence that you feel is here. It's here. Amen. Do you know why? Do you know why I pester you to come to church? It's not because I'm trying to get some magical number to call my old pastor buddies and say, hey, we had this many. That's not what it's about. It's about getting you to experience the presence of God. Amen. I want you to feel that. I want you to feel that presence. And then it's my responsibility as the pastor to help usher in that presence. Amen. That is my job. Well, that's not only my job, that's your job too, amen? You've got to receive what he has for you, amen? You've got to receive what God has for you. If you come in with your arms folded like that, you're not going to receive anything, okay? You've closed yourself off. But if you come in with open arms and say, God, I'm willing to hear whatever you have to say to me, amen. even if it's not what I want to hear. How many love listening to difficult messages challenge them? Yeah, I don't either. It's hard. It's hard, to, it's hard to hear something that challenges our faith or challenges what we believe. But if we seek the Lord, I can assure you that your faith is going to be challenged. And sometimes our faith needs to be challenged, doesn't it? Sometimes the Lord needs to unsettle us. Sometimes the Lord needs to rock us a little bit, okay? Okay. Otherwise, otherwise we get kind of pious and self-important like we know everything. I'm going to testify to you today that I do not know everything. I'm still learning a lot. We're on this faith road together, amen? Second part to that is, if I'm going to look for him where he's at, then instead of asking for God to be in my life, I need to ask God where He's at and where He's moving. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. We ask God to move in the church, right? But sometimes what we do as believers is we have a way that we think God should move, and that's the only way that He should move. How many understand God does whatever He wants to do? Okay, And we get, into this, we get into this program mindset that the only way God's going to move is if we get up and we open the service with the Scripture, we do the three songs, we do the tithe and offering, and the pastor preaches. That's the only way God moves. How many know that that's just a program? That's just a program. As a matter of fact, some days we need to switch it up and me preach first but the way some of you guys come in, you'd miss the sermon, <laughs> okay? We need to switch some things up sometimes, right? We need to understand that it's not a program that brings in the presence of God. We need to worship God, and then we need to find out where God is moving in Juno. amen? We need to find out what is God doing in Juno. I was talking with a, a man this week. I met him for lunch, and I've been praying about God, how do we get into the school, the university? Because we, we just don't have the resources for that. How do, how do we get into the school, the university? There's, there's hundreds of kids over there that need Jesus, and they're wrapped up in this. Every time you meet someone, they say, I'm him, her, or him, he, or whatever. I don't know, pronouns. In school, I learned pronouns for something different, but I guess it means something different now. And there's a school over there, and they need Jesus, Amen. I was praying, God, how do how do we how do we get involved here? And the Lord's opened up a door. When I met someone, he already has a program there, and he's a great guy. And I know that we can partner with him, and he can reach those people in a way that we can't. And they'll send them to our church if we partner with them. And I'm praying about it. Don't worry, I'm not doing something right away. But the point I'm trying to say is God is moving in this man's life. He's got an anointing. He's got a blessing on it. He's reaching somebody that I can't reach. Amen? So why wouldn't I... If I want to go where God is, why wouldn't I join and hook up my wagon to something like that? Amen? I know we got to be careful. But listen, we need to to abandon these thoughts about walls, about traditionalism and denominationalism. If the man says he believes in Jesus and that he died and born of a virgin and rose on the third day, well, that's good enough for me. Amen? We need to join with people who proclaim the name of Jesus. We need to join with people. We don't need to be separate. We don't need to act like we're the only ones here in Juno. We need to join with people. And I know there's going to be some theological differences, but the reason why Juno is the way it is is because the churches here act like they're the only church in Juno. Yeah, I said that. I said that, and I'll, I'll say it to their face. They act like they're the only church in Juno, And maybe their numbers justify that. But I'm going to tell you, unless they have 35,000 people in their church, they're not doing squat. Amen? We need to reach this place for Jesus. Amen? And if it means... If it means us joining with another church and having a joint service, then bless God, we may need to do that, amen? I'm not worried about losing you to another church, and that's where we get it from. But we need to seek the Lord, no matter if we're church of God, assembly of God, Baptist. it doesn't matter, amen? We need to seek the Lord. We need to seek the Lord together, amen? See, we're having prayer on Sunday night. That's where, you know what we do? We seek the Lord. We seek the Lord. And you know what seeking the Lord does? It brings unity to, to the body. Amen. I notice the people who come on Sunday night, when we pray together, there's a unity there. There's, there's a believing there. there we, we share each other the intimate details of our life that are going on, and we pray. we cry together. Man, how many tears have we shed on Sunday night? Amen. We have shed some tears on Sunday night, but we've also laughed and praised God. Amen. What if... All the churches got together on a Sunday night and started praying revival? What if all the churches got together and started seeking the Lord? Amen. What if all the churches put aside their differences and stopped worrying about their membership and said, We want to just connect with God? Amen. What if. Well, We don't believe the way you guys do. You might speak in tongues. Well, just ignore it. Okay? Get over it. If I speak in tongues, I'll let you do whatever you do. I don't know what it is you do. Listen, I'm not going to go crazy and slap all on you and slap you out and trying to pray for you. I might. Listen, we're not going to go crazy. But man, we need to come together. But the only way we're going to come together is if this church comes together first. Yeah. We got to come together. And we're doing that. See, I let me brag on you a little bit, okay? My wife and I and my folks sat down last night and we bragged about how amazing you were at the funeral yesterday. How you came in and you helped and you organized and you blessed. And I just can't tell you how much that meant to me. I don't want to call any names out because I don't want to offend anybody because I know that I'll miss somebody, but you know who you are. I want to say thank you for giving up your time because that, let me put it to you this way because of the way you served, it took pressure off of me so I can focus on what I need to do, and six people were saved. Did you hear what I said? Six people were saved. Amen. And i got to tell you, if I'm running around doing this and running around doing that, it is hard for me to focus on the spiritual part, amen? I, wanna, I, wanna, I need to be able to focus on that. So when you come in and you step up and you help, praise God, I can do what I was meant to do, amen? And I say that in love, so I thank you from the bottom of my heart for what you did. I thank you. And guess what? You are making a difference in the kingdom. When we come together and we minister to a family who's hurting, hurting, Gloria was a matriarch. She, she kept that family together. And Right now, they're, they're kind of lost, and they need some direction. Can we pray for them? Will you commit to pray for them this week? We need to pray for them, and, and I, I just know that God's going to bring some of them into this church, amen? amen. God's going to do a miracle, amen? God's going to bless them, amen? I always struggle this moment because things come to my mind. And I'm wondering, God, is that you or is it me? And I guess the only way to find out is to say it. I also saw some familiar faces yesterday at the service who, won't, who don't come here anymore. And I looked at them and I said, you know, you're always welcome here. We don't need to get into why they left. That doesn't even matter. You're welcome here. Come home. Amen. Come home. Come home. But you know what? Even if you don't come home, be a blessing where you're at, amen? Why, why do we even worry about what church people go to? Let's worship together, amen? amen? Why can't we have a monthly prayer meeting with all the churches, amen? Why can't we come together and seek the Lord, amen? That's what we need to do is if you want change in your life, if you want things to change, then you've got to seek the Lord, You know what I found by seeking God? That sometimes the result of what I was looking for was completely different than what I expected. God's like that. God likes to change it up a little bit, doesn't he? And I need to be okay with that, don't I? You need to be okay with that. Because God says, I know what you want, but I got something better for you. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 2, you know this scripture. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. I got to say this. This was a whole nother faith. These guys weren't Christians. That, That didn't even exist yet. They weren't Jewish people. This was a whole nother, the, the belief system that they had was considered pre-Islamic. They, they morphed into Islam a little bit later on. We're talking people who didn't believe in God. They looked at the stars, but yet they came seeking him. They said, verse 2, where is he? Praise God. I believe when we seek the Lord, people are going to show up that we don't expect, and they're going to go, Where is he? Where is he? Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and oh, have. Praise God. Does anybody feel what I'm feeling right now? When we seek the Lord, people are going to be coming in and off the street and say, listen, I know that I'm a different faith. I know that I practice witchcraft. I know that I'm a wizard. I know that I'm homosexual or transgender or trans whatever. But where is he? Where is he that I may worship him? Praise God when we seek the Lord. When we seek the Lord. Man, we've got to get out of our mind that God is here to take care of us. And I promise you, He will take care of you. But we've got to seek Him first. Amen? Yeah. Because sometimes taking care of you means He wants you to do something first. Oh, that's the tough part, right? We have to do something first. Now, listen, I'm not talking about salvation by works. I don't mean that. But there's times that God gives us a commandment. Seek me. Do this and I'll bless you. Let me give an example. Giving is an example. If you give, I will give back to you. And I'm not talking about just financial. I'm talking about your time. Some of you gave your time yesterday. I'm talking about in all areas of your life, if you dedicate yourself to the Lord, He's going to give it back to you. Amen? He's going to bless you in all things. I want to tell you, I'm going to hit you with a lot of scriptures. If you're in trouble, seek the Lord. Deuteronomy 4.29, for from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and all your soul. Amen. He was talking about if you ever go into captivity or you're ever led away or exile, which we know Israel was. He says, if you seek the Lord, you will find him. Can I tell you today, if you're struggling with something, I want you to hear me, okay? Okay. If you're struggling with something, seek the Lord. Come on. Call on His name and you will find Him if you do it with all your heart and with all your soul. If you're in sorrow, seek the Lord. When the ladies went to the tomb, Mary went to the tomb, Jesus had already risen and she was in sorrow. She was in sad. She didn't know what happened to Him. She thought maybe... Someone had stolen him. And in John chapter 20, verse 14, it says, And when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. All right, so i got to say something here. Sometimes in our sorrow, when we look to the Lord, he appears to us and we don't even know it's him. You know why? Because we're so focused. Come on. We're so focused. We're we're looking at the tips of our shoes to make sure they're still there because our heads are down. We need to look up, y'all. We need to look up and see Jesus. Amen. you need to look up and see Jesus. She didn't even know who it was. And sometimes what happens, we come to church and we close ourselves off because we're so frustrated and we're in such sorrow and we're so aggravated. Look up and see Jesus in your life right now. Verse 15, Jesus said to her, he said, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? We know the story after that. He revealed himself to her only after she opened her eyes. Amen? Another way that you find Jesus is that you seek him always, every day, every moment. When you wake up in the morning, when you go to sleep at night, when you wake up in the middle of the night. Psalms 105, 4, it says, Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face evermore. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Give the Lord praise this morning. Hallelujah. We talked about how to seek him. Now we're going to talk about the reward in seeking him. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently, what's that word there? So you understand that when you go to seek Him, He's going to reward you for that. I'm going to give a very crude example, okay? Every morning my wife and I have a routine I get up, I make coffee for the both of us, I let my dog out. My dog will pay attention to me, sort of, because he's got something in his mind that he knows is coming. Every time my wife comes out of our room, the first thing she does, she gives him a treat. First thing, and my dog is waiting on this treat. He'll look at me and he'll say, Dude, it's time. Where is she at? And he's like sitting there, and every noise he hears from her in that room, he's like, is that her? Is that her? I think it's her. Then he'll like kind of sniff and see if it's her. He gets so frustrated, and finally she comes at the door, and she comes out, and he, whatever he's doing, he breaks in, and he runs towards the door because he knows he's about to get something. And of course me, when he gets the treat, I try to take it from him because I'm just like that, and he runs around me, and we have this little game that we play, Amen. if we could just get that concept in our mind that God is coming and that we anticipate Him giving us something that we need, amen? And it's not some foolish treat. It's a great blessing that has come to us. He's going to reward you when you seek Him, amen? Those of you who come on Sunday night, have you not been blessed in your life? Have you not been touched in your life? Have you not felt the Lord do things for you? Praise God, there's nothing wrong with that. If we seek Him, we're going to find what we're looking for. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For if everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him that knocks, who knocks, it will be opened. These are the literal words of Jesus. You have to ask. You have to seek. You have to knock. He is going to reward you. He is going to bless you. Amen? And finally, I can't say this enough. If you seek Him, you will find Him. If you seek Him, He's not, some, he's not Bigfoot. He's not the Loch Ness Monster. If you seek him, you will find him. Amen. All right, I'm going to say that again. You know why? Because, man, we get so frustrated. We say, well, if he's there, where is he? How come I can't find him? Guess what? You got to keep looking. Sometimes, sometimes we may have to shed something in our lives to find Him. Right? Hey, I don't make the rules. And guess what? It's different for everybody. I can't just sit there and tell you, you can't go to movies. You need to do that and God will appear to you. Because it's different for everybody. You can't do this, you can't do that. No, I mean, there's, there's sins that are spelled out in the Bible. But sometimes God says, you need to give that up. We all know what that is, right? Yeah. See, isn't it funny how God talks to us and says that? He says, if you ask, you'll receive. If you ask, we have to come with the expectation of what we need from the Lord. Is a process. It's not going to happen the moment you leave this church. I wish it did, man. That'd be awesome. I wish I could just go up to you and, and go, poof, you got it. Wouldn't that be great? Not really, because then it'd be too easy. We have to seek something. We have to pursue the Lord. We have to understand that it's a relationship Isaiah 55, 6, and this is my final verse as you stand with me. Have I told you that I love you? Man, I love you so much. I was telling another pastor that I didn't think that I could love a church like I love you. I love the way we joke with each other. I love the way that we hug each other. We're very relational. I love that. And I also love what God is doing in this church. Amen? Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. You know what that means? is There's going to come a time where you won't be able to find him. See, the Bible says, seek him while he may be found. This is the time. This is the time. Because there's coming a time that God is going to say, like he did in the ark of Noah, he's going to say, I'm done. I'm done. I gave you an opportunity. I called out to you. I called out to you, I reached out to you, but you said, no, what pained my heart yesterday is I saw some people, including some people we mutually know, they sat there and I said, the Lord is calling you, and they put up that wall and said, no, I'm not responding, I'm not going to do it, and there's going to come a time where the Lord is no longer going to call. I don't know about you, but that hurts my heart. There's going to come a time, brothers and sisters, in our own lives that God is no, going to, no longer going to call. Seek the Lord. Call upon him while he is near. So the question this morning is simply this. What do you need from the Lord? Now we can be proud and say, I don't need nothing. Double negative there intended. Is that really true? Man, I'm a pastor and I need God right now. Maybe it's just, you know, me. But I need God like right this second. I need God to move in my life like he's never moved before. As a pastor, I I fight depression. Depression being real with you, okay? As a pastor, I fight depression. I fight anxiety. I've never in my life experienced anxiety till I became a pastor. And all of a sudden now, I have all this anxiety that I have to deal with, and it almost is crippling. And it's a battle that I now face, and God's given me victory. I'm not trying to imply that I'm in trouble. I'm just saying I have to stay on my knees with the Lord. Yeah. I'm experiencing health issues that I've never, ever experienced. I need the Lord. I, I, I've gone through things in my mind that I've never experienced. I need the Lord. Amen? How many are willing to say in their hearts, and their minds, in the expression of their hands that you need the Lord this morning? Amen. Do you need the Lord this morning? Come on, show it with me. Do you need, I'm raising both hands because I need God this morning, amen? Oh, pastor, I, I hate it when you ask me to raise my hands. I know, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cause you to exercise. I need the Lord. I need the Lord. Here's how we're going to close. I feel in my heart that some of you need prayer because you're struggling with some things. I feel in my heart that we haven't had an altar call in a couple Sundays because the Lord hasn't led me to do that. But today, it's heavy on my heart. You just, you just need to come and talk to God about a few things because you're struggling. And can I, can I tell you something? Don't, don't do like I did when I was growing up. When I was growing up, I said, I'll just wait till I get home and pray about it because I'm too embarrassed to go up. Can I tell you the presence of God in my home is not the same as the presence of God here right now? Amen. Can I tell you that? The Bible says, come now. Today is the day of salvation. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to call you out in just a moment. I want you to find a place in this altar. I want you to kneel down, and I want you to work it out with God. And then my team, my prayer team, as best as they can, they're going to come and just simply pray over you. We're just here to agree with you. Because you need to seek God. I can't seek God for you. I can only give you the avenue. So you say, Pastor, that's me. I have some anxiety in my life. I need to pray about some things. There's some things troubling me. I want you to get out of your seat right now. Come on, get out of your seat, and I want you to come kneel before the Lord. Is there anybody? Come to the Lord. Bend down right here. Kneel if you can. If you can't kneel, if you